welcome back. Uh, this is Tommy from the Care Team. This is episode 49 of the Care Team podcast on Thursday, August 19th. So as we uh, as we get started, uh, we have a, a, a brief soft start. And so we just kind of want to talk about, you know, we, we know we live in a, in a very digital age. Uh, you know, things are at our fingertips. We're blessed to be in a wonderful country where you can get just about anything. But there's many times we make decisions which are not the wisest decisions. And so I'm going to throw the question out there. What is the, uh, what's something you purchased uh, in, in your in your past, uh, recently or, or long ago, that was clearly not a good idea? <laughs> uh, I've got one recent and one past. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, heard, I heard some kind of... Some anyway, yeah. uh, uh, so... Gosh, how many years ago? Jessica and I hadn't even been married very long, and we got we got a really bad snowstorm that snowed us in for like three or four mm. days. So we were bored, and I'm watching TV, and all of a sudden the infomercial for the Total Gym comes on TV, and I'm like, I don't need a Total Gym, but I'm really bored. So <laughs> I ordered the Total Gym, and I think I used it all of three or four times, and it became a, a clo- clothing rack, and eventually we sold it. Uh, and then the, you, you'll hear a theme here. So then recently. I wanted to get some workout equipment, and I saw this thing that's for your abs. It's a wheel that straps to your feet, mm-hmm. so you can do ab things, whatever. I order this thing. I'm not going to say from where. It shows up at my house. The straps aren't even long enough to go around my feet. I can't even connect the thing <laughs> to my feet. And it wasn't the cheapest thing in the world. And I'm yeah. like, I don't learn very quickly. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still. Uh, so these are the kinds of things that I purchased, and I'm like, why did I buy this thing? Yeah. Uh, I remember we were uh, we were shopping for a new kitchen sink a couple years ago. Uh, we ordered one online because it was cheaper, and it came in, and uh, uh, they, they they dropped it off, and we weren't there. So I went to go pick it up, and I was like, "Your sink shouldn't be rattling," <laughs> and it was shattered. Oh, yeah. No. So so thankfully they 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 resent another one. It wasn't packed correctly, all this stuff, but we got it. We got a different one in. So wow, I, I would definitely encourage people to be careful with what they buy. Um, but the other thing too, though, is I was out camping with some friends of mine a couple years ago. And I'm struggling to set up my tent. They're all done, like, within no time. <laughs> and I, I realized I should not have gone for the cheaper tent when we bought that tent because it was there was a reason why it was cheaper. And so they, I had tent envy. <laughs> Sometimes you really do get what you pay for, Yes, right? you do, yeah. <laughs> okay, Callie. Yep. So I was really struggling because I'm one of those people that I'm like, well, there's purpose in, like, whatever you buy. And I can always find a reason why it can be good. But when you were talking about gym stuff, I was thinking about how my family and I, well, I didn't buy the treadmill, but my family bought a treadmill and it's my house. And it broke pretty soon after we got it. And we literally just never fixed it. So it's just sitting in our house broken. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, During the summer, me and Hunter really were hot and we wanted a pool. So we... (laughs) We went to Walmart and we went to Meijer and we couldn't find a pool anywhere. But we saw one online at Kohl's and we went there and the only one left was like a two foot kiddie pool and um, it had water and watermelon design on it. And we brought it home and we used it once and our dogs popped it. So Ooh. it was a big waste of money, but it was fun for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That, I think that could be like a book name, like the 24 hour watermelon pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so as we dive in today, uh, one thing I want to lead off is, is that we've, uh, we've made a decision to, with our podcast, we want to go um, more of a counseling feel vibe to it. And so 
from from here starting today and and going forward, uh, we're going to try to bring up topics that are that that we normally see uh, specifically Tom and I in, in counseling sessions that uh, you know that we common things we see in those sessions, and so we want to try to talk about those sessions, bring them to light. Uh, obviously, in a in a uh, we're not going to share any confidential information, nothing like that. But we want to talk about the issues, and we want to spend time focusing heavily on the solutions. So today. Uh, we want to talk about marriage uh, conflict and marriage challenges. And so uh, as we lead off, you know, the, the first thing we do is talk about what is marriage. And so uh, we look at marriage. We know that it's it's designed by God. It's institution by God. And so God designed marriage. God has a plan for marriage. We see that uh, in Genesis 2. Uh, you know, it says here, it uh, talks about uh, how God created uh, man, and, and but, but then he sees in Genesis 2 that, uh, that it's not good for man to be alone. And so up to this point, everything was God created this and it was good. God created this and it was good. But here it's like God created man and he realized it was not good for him to be alone. And so <clears throat> out of man, uh, uh, God creates uh, a woman. And so, and and we see the, the first glimpse of what marriage looks like. So it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother. So we're talking about one man. Uh, and hold fast to his wife, singular, so one man, one woman, and she'll become one flesh. And the man and his wife were naked and not ashamed. So we, we see this this very early on, Genesis 2, you know, the, the outline of what marriage looks like. And so that's what we're talking about. Let me jump in there, Tommy. I think um, <clears throat> that piece there where we talk about they were naked and not ashamed, one of the things that I, I tell couples all the time, just told a couple this weekend uh, that I was working with is, um, it can often feel uncomfortable and even like weakness to be vulnerable with one another, yep. but there's no such thing as a husband and wife being overly vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we talk a lot about vulnerability and transparency. Um, there's a lot of, uh, secular music made about, um, men and women who spend their whole life together sleeping in the same bed and in essence don't really know one another. And that is not God's vision for us in marriage. He literally wants to make us one and he can't do that if we're holding back, if we're holding secrets, if we're not living transparently and we're not living vulnerably. And so I, how you work towards this, of course, is putting Christ at the center is as importantly is the way we communicate, how often we communicate. Um, and if there's not some level of discomfort, I'm not sure you're being completely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard even with our spouses to just be real. Um, but what a reward that is and what that does to draw you close together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I love that, that scripture too. Uh, and, and I want to get to the point too about the importance of, of diving into scripture, but, um, you know, it, it's important to look at that and realize we're not talking about just physical nakedness. Just like you said, it's transparency. It's complete transparency. There should be nothing held back, no secret checking accounts, no secret relationships, no, no anything. No, well, she doesn't really need to know about this or he doesn't need to know about that. No, there should be none of that. And if there is, you need to talk about it as uncomfortable as it may be. But one thing I really liked what, what you told me, Tom, when I, when I first came on staff a little over a year ago, uh, was it in your experience that uh, no couple who ever came in for distress has ever said, yeah, we're having distress, uh, and we're diving into God's word every day. We're we're praying together, reading together, um, right? I mean, not not to say that we won't have conflict, if even if we do those things, but never have you have you experienced that? And honestly, I don't I don't know that uh, I, I don't know that my my experience is any different with the the couples I've met with either. Well, <laughs> the the 
There's or with a many lot of the couples I've there's known. a lot of stuff to say today and and so there may be things that don't exactly fit where we're talking about them but I think this one does along with that the two things I tell every couple I say these are non-negotiables yeah that you will pray out loud for one another mm-hmm. not just with one another pray out loud for one another every yep. day and you will do a couple's devotional every day mm-hmm. with scripture in it so yep. that if you're not in the Bible, there is still scripture in your life every day mm-hmm. in your marriage. Um, the pastor that married uh, Jessica and I, um, part of our premarital, uh, he was a very down to earth, just straightforward, kind of simple dude, but a very wise person. And one of the easiest things that he did that is a great example for all of us as he took a blank sheet of construction paper and on the back with a Sharpie, he drew a triangle and he put Jessica and I in each of the lower corners mm. and he put Jesus at the top. And he said, our tendency as human beings is to want to reach across this line to each other, to almost make our spouse an idol to, to, and we think that's what's going to make us bond and be close together. And he said, really, it's about the relationship that we have together with Christ. And as we climb those lines up towards Christ, what happens to the couple? Well, as they ascend towards Christ, they become closer together. So it can feel counterintuitive, but your relationship and your ongoing dedication to Christ in your life will determine how close you really are to your spouse. Absolutely. Well, and, and one thing I think about, too, uh, you know, to uh, some sc- where I see that in scripture, uh, one of the places is that in Ephesians five, uh, where it talks about, uh, for husbands that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. And so when I, when I think about that, I think about just like what you're saying, uh, I, I don't need to be a better husband. I don't need to be a better Tommy. I don't need to be a better dad. I don't need to be a better person. I, I need to be more Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And and as I'm more Christ-like, and as my wife is more Christ-like, we're going to come closer together. Well, in in follow, following that in Ephesians five twenty five, it says for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Oh yeah, he gave yeah. up his life life mm-hmm. for her. If you want to be, if you want to sacrificially love your spouse, and I don't think this is just men to women, I think this is women to men as well. If you want to sacrificially love your spouse, learn to love Jesus, and He through you will do that for your spouse. Amen. Yeah, right? just like the great commandment, you know, Mark twelve. So, uh, and one thing I like about the Ephesians uh, five, I, I I know one thing I try to touch on too is uh, talking about Ephesians five twenty two can be a, a touchy point. And so, uh, but to put that into context, I think it's also important to read scripture before 522. Mm. And so specifically 521, where it says submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, you know, we, if, if we come at this, this section of Ephesians, you know, knowing that we're, you know, we're, we're trying to submit to each other, we're trying to die to self, we're trying to, to surrender and give up, you know, uh, then, then we can go into Ephesians 522 specifically uh, with uh, with a better perspective. So in 522, it says, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And that can be, there, there, there's some tension there. I mean, like, you know, there, there, there's there's men who don't like to hear that. There's women who don't like to hear that. But I'm just saying, like, this is what God's word is. And so, but if we if we put that in the context of, well, why it says here, wives do that. But then before that even happens, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, I don't, I, I don't think, I think that's a fantastic point. I've never heard it put quite that way. And I don't think you can, overemphasize that yeah. because we're not we're not submitting out of reverence for our spouse. Mm-hmm. Let, let me yeah, let me yeah. let me drive that point home. What Tommy's saying to you is 
your reverence is to Christ. But through that, out of that, mm-hmm. you're able to submit to your spouse. Yeah. But you're not sp- submitting to your... Because who hasn't had conflict with their husband or wife? Who hasn't looked at the person and gone, this is who I'm supposed to submit? Are I know you, my wife I, has looked I'm at me and gone... I'm supposed to stay with her the rest of my life. Right, what, right. What's going on, God? <laughs> right. So the good news is you're not submitting to... You are submitting to your spouse, but because of your submission to Christ, because back again to that idea of your relationship with Mm -hmm. Christ. And if you're having trouble submitting, see, this is what's cool. God's helping us all the time because this is is a catch for us. If you're going, wow, I'm having conflict in my marriage, and I really am looking across the table at dinner at my spouse going, I'm not submitting to you. Well, now what that points to is where are you with Christ? Where are you in your walk? When was the last time you were in Scripture? When was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you lifted your spouse up in prayer? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, well, well, and even with praying, it's like, you know, I, I, I know we talk to couples in counseling all the time, and and, and we'll hear things like, and, and I don't know if, if, if it's genuine or not. I mean, I take the person for their word, but they'll say, I've been praying all the time. Great. that that That's awesome. Let's keep praying. How are you praying? Mm. What what are you praying for? And and what 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 your what what is your heart how how is your heart going into that prayer? So, um, but the also thing too I like is is that in a, in in five twenty five uh, it says you know husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So there's not that word submit that a lot of people get hung up on, but it clearly talking to the married fellows out there gave himself up for her. So you're giving yourself up for your wife, and so it doesn't say submit, but you're dying to self like you're you know, you're, you're you're checking. Your, your pride, your ego, all this stuff at the door, and you're saying, okay, you know, this is my wife, and, and how can I how can I love her the best I can? It's good. So, uh, One of the things we often see, too, in counseling is, is and Tom, you touched on it a little bit, too, is the importance of communicating, communicating well, um, you know, and, and, and just even having conversation, and just, and I love what you talked about there, too, when you're talking about communicating and transparency, and, um, you know, over-communicate. Don't, don't, Hold anything, hold anything back. I mean, obviously, communicate when it's safe. Communicate when, when you're, when you're, you know, as often as you can, the best you can. But communicate, like physically, have a conversation. You know, I, I remember I was meeting with a couple uh, about nine or ten months ago, and we were talking about communication, and because they they said they were struggling with communication, and what I failed to miss was he goes, so when do we start communicating? I was like, well, we can do that right now. He goes, no. He goes, when do we start at home? I said, do what? And he goes. We haven't talked to each other for weeks. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, so just communicate, you know, just have the conversation, you know, make that time. Like I know, uh, I remember when Jill and I went through Growing Kids God's Way here in 2012, I talked about the importance of mom and dad couch time, you know, like mm-hmm. sitting down and just having a conversation with your wife. Well, you make a good point. It's interesting that couple, they weren't talking, but I, I think even thinking about my own relationship and couples I've counseled, there are certainly times that I'm, I'm communicating with my wife, but it's either either the tone is wrong, yeah, or um, I'm I'm communicating because I want to win an argument. Um, there are certainly wrong ways to communicate, Amen. and even wrong times Amen. to communicate. Um, I tell couples all the time, uh, conflict in and of itself is not bad and probably is unavoidable. But if you're having conflict to get to a resolution and a solution, it can be God. It can be a, a godly thing. Yeah. Um, you know, a good friend of mine used to call marriage the laboratory of the soul, and he'd say, "Nowhere is, nowhere are we sharp, iron sharpening iron more." 
than within the context of marriage, that God is using my spouse to make me into the image of his son and my savior if I will allow him to do that. Yeah. And I can't do that if in conflict, I always want to come out on top of the conflict. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to be transparent here and say that is a struggle for me. Mm -hmm. I like to win arguments. I like to feel like I got my point across rather than being good about, let me hear your point. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I, I love that you brought that up because uh, I, I tell couples all the time in counseling and, and I, it's almost like Tommy confession moment. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, guys, let me, let me tell you. And if Jill, if you're listening, you can, you can acknowledge that there have been times where I have listened, not with the intent to understand, not with the intent to find out what the situation is. I have listened solely with the intention of getting ready to counterfire. Yes. Um, yep. Yep. But when, I'm glad you brought up conflict because one thing I, I was I was hoping to ask you, uh, I remember one time you and I were talking, I think you've said it a couple times, I just really like how you put it, was that uh, marriage is uh, multipli multiplication, not, not addition. addition. Yeah. yeah. Can you unpack that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and I have to say, uh, this did not. This is not wisdom that came from me. I'm I'm passing along <laughs> wisdom from a good friend. It's good wisdom, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and I was a young man at the time and very newly married. And and he said the problem with many marriages is that people enter into the marriage believing that another person can complete them, mm -hmm. that they are somehow half the Jerry of a, Maguire. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you complete me. Yeah. Um, that they are half a person and the other person is half a person. And that's how God will make one is we have a half plus a half. The problem is that's in the flesh, mm -hmm. but marriage is a spiritual thing. And in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, we, we multiply. And what I mean by that is, is if I'm coming with baggage and this person is coming with baggage, it won't just be your baggage and my baggage, but our baggage will create new and more baggage. Therefore, it's multiplication. Mm -hmm. So if you have a half and a half in multiplication, you get a quarter. Yep. We end up with more. We end up with less than we started with and more dysfunction. But if we enter into marriage a whole person, if God has healed us, if I've sought out a program, counseling, uh, a trusted friend, and I've worked through my issues, now we all have stuff ongoing that we're growing through. But if, but if I come whole, I'm, I'm satisfied in myself, I know who I am, I don't feel like I need to get married, it's more of a desire, and I meet somebody else like that, then one times one equals one. Yep. Right? Yeah. And, and so if you don't remember anything else today, remember, seek to be satisfied in yourself, and then you are ready to be married. Yeah. If you are getting married because you need to get married because you're not okay by yourself, then you're not ready to be married. Yep. Well, and one, one visual that comes to mind, too, is when I, when I think about when you told me that the first time was, and for some reason, this is the way my brain works, I think about, like, two gears. Like, one's, you know, they're different sizes. Men and women come in different sizes, but so different size gears. And and there and being that we are all sinful, broken people, we live in a Genesis three, post Genesis three world. Uh, we none of us have it all together. Just go to Romans three, and you, you bring two people together, and it's like these two gears are supposed to work together, but some of them are missing teeth, some of them are like half broken, some of them have you know rust spots, you know, and so it's <laughs> right. and, and you're like, why do these things not go together? It's like because we are sinful, broken people trying to fit it together. But if, if we're coming together because we are complete in Christ, then it it works a lot better. Many people enter marriage already having made their spouse an idol and they have no idea that oh, that's yeah. what they've done. And then yeah. when the person doesn't fulfill what their mm. role was, you haven't saved me, you haven't made me happy, yep. you haven't completed my life, now I want a divorce, 
because you're not fulfilling your role. Well, that was never their role to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There isn't anything in scripture that says that is the role of your spouse. Yeah. They're, they are not, God wants to be all to you. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, your spouse, and I know this is not very romantic, men and women, but your spouse is a helpmate. Mm-hmm. You are helping each other through life. Mm-hmm. You are helping each other form into the image of Christ. Yep. You are helping each other raise children. Mm-hmm. You are helping each other. You're not there to satisfy and fulfill. Christ wants to be your fulfillment. Yep. Yeah. Amen. You know, there's there's a handful of different topics that um, that we, we can talk about that people come in for, you know, whether it be uh, maybe it's broken trust because of adultery or some mm-hmm. type of addiction or some type of violence, or maybe it's a... Uh, significant financial issues, or maybe it's parenting issues. Maybe it's a blended family issue. Uh, you know, one thing I often tell couples is that you know, if if we if we are grounded in God's word and we have communication um, uh, that springs out of that, and then we have conflict resolution skills that spring out of our Christ-centered communication skills, and we just take those three things, and even if we don't have the later two, if we just have Christ. Throw that at it. You know, I think about like the the full armor of God, like the only offensive weapon in that is the word. Amen. I mm-hmm. mean, that it's, it's the sword and it says the word. And it's like, if we're going to go on the offense, <laughs> use God's word, you know, mm-hmm. so it, which comes back to being in God's word. This is kind of, you know, 30,000 foot view. Uh, and maybe it, it would have been better at the top of the, uh, of the podcast. But I just want to say to everyone out there that's listening whether you're married, you're not married, um, because we certainly don't want to give the impression that there isn't a place for singleness, and that might be another podcast for another day. Mm -hmm. What I do want to say is that God builds communities and societies on marriage. If you want to look at the breakdown of society, if you found yourself listening to the news lately, um, you know, just kind of bemoaning the state of our culture, it's because the breakdown of marriage. Mm -hmm. God builds families and communities off of marriage and marriage between a man and a woman and intact households. And we're under attack. And if you don't think so, just look around. Yeah. And so I want to, I want to encourage you as well that, that oftentimes when couples come in and they think they're struggling, what I find is they're actually doing a lot right and they're coming under fire from the enemy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the enemy is lying in their ear and telling them that the reason those things are happening is because of their spouse or because they're doing something wrong. Yeah. And actually, that is the that is Satan twisting everything and they're actually doing a whole lot right. Yep. So I want to encourage couples out there, don't assume you're doing anything wrong because you're having struggles or having conflict. It may be the very sign that you're doing things right. And I just want to yeah. encourage you. Well, and, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I, uh, I'm glad you said that because one thing I was thinking about was uh, I know that uh, there was there was a season there where Jill and I we we were struggling uh, just to, uh, just to keep our, our sanity. I felt like uh, we had practices, we had rehearsals, we had uh, uh, private lessons at some point at one point, and we were just like we we just felt like we were going from one thing to the next to the next. We were never eating dinner at the table. Uh, we were, we were never, you know, we were just, Hey, I'll, I'll get nuggets for the kids and just you're like you're chucking nuggets back in the back of the van. You know I mean? Uh, it just, it was, it was wild and, and it was stressful. Uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not hating on sports. I'm not hating on instruments or anything like that, you know, or whatever after extracurricular activities. But I, I, I will say that if there's anything that is not allowing you to connect with Christ, if there's anything that is pulling you away from Christ, like I, I, I love social media. I like 
Twitter. I don't tweet a lot, but I, I read about, pe- about people who actually tweet, you know, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we do things on social media. Uh, but if social media is pulling you away, whether you're spending too much time on social media or if there's, if you're, you're seeing people's highlight reels and it's just depressing you, get rid of it. Like, like don't allow that to, to, to speak that, uh, you know, that, uh, those lies on your heart that you don't have it together. I mean, yeah, not everybody has filet mignon every night. Right. You know, no matter how often they post it on their on their Facebook. I mean, maybe they do. And hey, uh, kudos to them. Most people don't have that, though. Uh, you know, most people aren't buying a new car every day. You know, if you can do that, great. Hey, that, that that's on you. But but not everybody's doing that. You know, you don't have to. You know, I remember there was a phrase we, we've used for a long time and it was called keep up with the Joneses. And it's like, yeah. you know, we oftentimes social media, you see highlight reels and you see, man, they have it all together. They're smiling. They have matching clothes, you know, on this picture and color coordinated here. And man, look at the, this house they bought or, or whatever, whatever it is. It's like that, that's a highlight reel. Yep. You know, it, it there, there are days where you're, you're like, Hey, you know, we, we're just going to do uh, spaghetti tonight and probably spaghetti in two nights from now, you know, it's like <laughs> whatever it is, you know? Yeah. I think, I think the flip side of that is, uh, the intentionality of, of marriage and, um, and I'm I'm going to say I'm guilty of this too. Jessica and I will flow in and out of of date nights. Yeah. Um, and what'll happen is we'll realize that, just like you said, we've been running to the practices, we've been doing this, doing that, doing our jobs, and now we've just kind of gotten this rhythm of of almost robotics, right? Mm-hmm. And and you have to nurture a marriage just like you nurture any living thing. God took two people, made one. That's now its own living organism, mm-hmm. and it needs to be fed and watered and tended to yeah. and cared for. And one of the ways that that we do that is we get alone time with our spouse. And, you know, you can read. We're not going to go into all the details. You can do dates at home. One of the things Jessica and I found is we really like daytime dates more than we oh, like yeah. nighttime dates. because or breakfast we, dates. Yeah, because yeah. we don't like the all we have to do at night is go out for dinner. I don't I – don't, <laughs> I don't need any more eating in my life. I'll just, I'll just say it that way. So, uh, you know, finding other active things that we can do is more fun. But but whatever you do, it's intentional. You're mm-hmm. intentionally nurturing your relationship. And that's what's cool is you're with a spouse, you're with a partner that, that compliments you well, reflects you well, and you find things that you like to do. You don't have to like to do what I like to do on a date. But the bottom line is that just assuming everything's okay and assuming your marriage will always be all right and assuming a lot of things gets us in trouble. And so hopefully you're doing things for your marriage that are intentional. And again, I just told you, I, we don't do that perfectly. We kind of go in and out of seasons where, where we're dating more and doing more of that. And when we recognize we're not, we pray and we fetch ourselves up and we start doing it again. Yeah. Uh, Well, and one thing I I think about too, I, I read this in a book. I think it was, um, mingling of souls, uh, uh, by a pastor out of Texas. And, uh, he was talking about, he goes, uh, he was asking his mentor before he got married. He goes, I really want to marry, you know, this lady, uh, but we're fighting all the time. And he's, and his mentor was like, look, you're going to fight with somebody the rest of your life. <laughs> Do you want it to be her? And he's like, well, yeah. He's like, okay, then that's your, you know, and so just understand, and it was just a way of him, him saying, everybody has conflict. It's okay. I mean, you know, now, now there, there's a way to have conflict that's in a, you know, uh, Christ-centered mm-hmm. manner and God-honoring manner in a biblical manner, and then there's other ways, and 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 that that's kind of where things start happening. People start getting sideways when they're when you, they 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 don't be intentional about 
resolving conflict that way. But I, uh, I don't have a, a, a ton more to say, but on along the lines of conflict, I wanted to read this scripture and then just kind of unpack the way I explain it to couples. And it's Ecclesiastes 4.9. Most people know it. Mm-hmm. Two are better than one because yep. they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? What I remind couples is this. You are on the same team. Yep. Even teammates have conflict. Yep. Even watch a bullpen. Watch a, watch a <laughs> dugout for a while. Uh, watch a sideline. Yeah. Teammates have conflict. But the goal, the end goal is the same. And by the time things resolve, they're back together. And yep. that's the way I encourage couples to look at marriage. Yes, you're going to have conflict, but often we look at our spouse in a fight as an enemy. Mm-hmm. This isn't an enemy. This is a teammate with whom you're having a momentary disagreement. Yeah. Ultimately, you're still on the same team and have the same goal. And if we can remember that in the back of our mind, we can take things less personal. Yep. This person disagrees with me about how to get to that end goal. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. It's not, they're, they're not common, you know, it's not commentary on your person. It's not them trying to ruin your life. They simply disagree with you about how to get to an end goal. And sometimes one or the other is right. And sometimes there's an answer in the middle. Yep. And if you don't talk about it and maybe even quarrel a little bit about it, you won't get there. Yeah. Don't look at that as, again, a sign that you're sick or something's wrong. As long as, I think Tommy said it best, as long as you're having conflict in a biblical way. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, just it, conflict is, is real. Conflict really happens. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's okay. And, and, and here's the thing, too, is, you know, as we get to wrap up, uh, we just want to rest assured you that we have a slew of resources here at Northside. And if Northside is not your home, I would recommend you connect with a, a Christ-centered church uh, in your area and, uh, and and have the conversation with them. Uh, there, there's a lot of good things out there on the Internet, and there's a lot of things on the Internet that – I heard a pastor say one time, use with extreme caution. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if, if use at all. And so, uh, but definitely have that conversation with your local church because there's, there's so many different options out there. And, and if you're in this area, we would love to connect with you. We would love to, to, to help you navigate through that, to journey with you and to help point you to Christ-centered healing. But as we get a wrap up, um, Tom, do you mind praying us out? No, I'd love to. Okay. And and just a reminder that around here we like to say prayer is primary. shouldn't be the last thing we reach for. It should be the first. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm very honored to pray. Heavenly Father, um, we, we love uh, that you instituted marriage. We know it's from you, it's by you, and ultimately it's for you because all is for your glory. Lord, I pray for all listening, whether uh, they are a single person, uh, staying single, a single person designed to be married, desiring to be married, uh, couples that that are, are in conflict or couples that are doing well, Lord, that we just pray goodness and blessing over their relationship. We pray for um, biblical uh, biblically sound uh, ways to uh, to argue and to have conflict. And ultimately, Lord, we, we pray for love and resolution in these relationships. Lord, be with them, strengthen them. Thank you for all that are listening. Uh, just blessings on them as well. Thank you for our team and for the opportunity to reach people on the podcast. We're grateful for Northside Christian Church and what they allow us to do and and getting to work here for you. Thank you um, 
God, that, uh, that you care about things like our relationships, uh, that you care about each of us individually, that you know the, the hairs on our head, even if that's diminishing as we speak. And uh, Lord, you're a good, good God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And, and uh, if, if, you, if you like what you hear, join us every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Uh, to catch this episode or others. Because uh, yeah, I just want to let you know that here at Northside, you are, you are seen, you are heard, you are loved. Uh, this is a place where you can get help to find Christ-centered healing. We want to help you do that. But you can catch us on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Apple Podcasts. You can also go to mynorthside.com care for additional resources. Love you guys, and we'll catch you next week.